0: learned anything from these past couple of years my fellow americans it's that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis america out loud pulse brings together the top experts in health care related fields to keep you a beat ahead
1: this is dr peter bregan
2: and this is ginger bregan hi folks
1: Today, we are interviewing on America Out Loud Pulse, one of the most distinguished physicians in America and in my experience. When you think of a physician, what do you think of? What do you hope for? You hope for a man of tremendous integrity. You hope for a man who has studied and continued to study his his art and his science both. You think of a man who puts the patients first, a man who decides that he will follow the Hippocratic Oath and do no harm and uh, really work for the benefit of no one but his patient. You think of a sacred relationship between a physician and a patient. You might hope he's also a real scientist, publishes papers, keeps up with things in his profession. This is but a sketch of James Thorpe. Jim is board certified in OBGYN, and he's a specialist in maternal fetal medicine. He's been in practice for well over 40 years. When COVID-19 hit, he became a part of the initial handful of physicians who quickly realized that uh, we were being prevented from doing the proper treatment of our patients and that a lot of harm was being done. I'll let Jim describe that for himself. His practice up to that point had been a, a really intense. Seeing six or seven thousand high-risk patients a year. I'll let him tell you more about it, but when when COVID began to reel out its deadly results, and then the vaccines, really the vaccines, began to take their toll, Jim stepped in and became the world's expert in this area, and he remains so. And he's a dear friend, dear friend to me and to Ginger, and so is his wife, Maggie. So, Jim, um, welcome to America Out Loud Pulse.
3: Uh, Ginger and Dr. Bragg, and it's such an honor to be on your platform. And I just, uh, I'm so humbled and um, honored by your kind words, which, which I feel are undeserving. But I I, I'm so grateful to be on your platform. And uh, if, if only you know uh, how much Ginger and you have empowered me um, and, and emboldened me very early on to do what I'm doing and to model uh, after what you've done, uh, both of you, and especially in the field of psychiatry um, in my lifetime, it's just uh, it, it's very humbling for me to be on this platform. Um, and God bless you both, and, and thank you so very much. It it has been very difficult for me <clears throat> from the very onset because, of course, you know one of the mainstays of of obstetrics and and is the golden rule of pregnancy. And the golden rule of pregnancy, I, I think Ginger and Peter, I think you know well, is, listen, you don't ever use novel substances in pregnancy, ever. E- even if they've been tested outside of pregnancy, you don't use it. We've never done that. So this whole concept of how um, Maggie and I have come on to this horrible um observation that 61,000 obgyn doctors have in essence been captured uh, we we strongly suspected that and one of the reasons why i did was this horrible antithesis of science in 2020 uh, early 2020 and and primarily hydroxychloroquine which which has been used for 65 years. I've used it for four decades in pregnant women, in breastfeeding women in the first trimester. Um, And even the CDC and the FDA were bragging about that on the website about how safe and effective with a cute little advertisement with a mosquito and showing how safe it is in pregnancy and breastfeeding women and little children but of course that vanished from the website uh, a couple of years before the pandemic it voila it's gone but thank god for maggie uh maggie found it and i i do have a picture of that but i've been you know the reason why i use hydroxychloroquine not just jim thorpe but really the whole globe is is because pre- uh, women of reproductive age as, as you, both of you well know, in terms of autoimmune disease, we have a anywhere from three to ten time fold discrepancy, gender discrepancy. Females much more common than males. <laughs> now, why that is um, is a is a lot of of interest in, in research. But be that as it may. Uh, The correlation of the autoimmune disease always was um, in pregnant uh, women of reproductive age, so that uh, their age matched controls. Some autoimmune diseases were tenfold greater in women, so that we would often start women on uh, Plaquenil, which is a trade name for hydroxychloroquine. I've been, and and then they would get pregnant. We'd never take them off in the first trimester because it was so safe and we had so much experience. And we would continue throughout the pregnancy, hydroxychloroquine, 200 milligrams twice a day. What we've been doing for 40 years, not just Jim Thorpe, but internal medicine doctors, family practice doctors, OBGYNs, maternal fetal, all of them, internists. um, So that when, and then of course the 2005, uh, SARS-CoV-1, we knew it was extremely effective from that publication. Um and, and that's been acknowledged by Fauci. So I uh, I I was prepared and I was and and when this um this censorship and attacking of these physicians for using that and doing any early therapy, because um Dr. Bregan, you've been a physician much longer than I am in and in, in, in you know that, that in the history of medicine, it's always based upon, you know, I would guess, I'm extrapolating, whether it's a psychiatric disease or, or a non-psychiatric disease, the earlier that you implement therapy, the better the prognosis for the disease is. And, and that's been a long-reigning precept of medicine. So those are the issues that kind of set me off.
1: Yeah, medicine was turned on its head. And all of a sudden, uh, agencies that I never even studied in medical school, because they weren't supposed to control medicine, really, the FDA, the CDC, um, were telling us how to practice. And um, at the same time, um, the medical societies, the licensure uh, groups, uh, Everyone who could uh, find any pretext for controlling physicians was doing the same thing. Don't treat patients when they first get COVID-19. Stay home. And when basically you get blue, that is, you're not breathing adequately anymore, go to the hospital where you'll uh, ultimately get very dangerous medicines like remdesivir, And you'll get put on a respirator and you'll die. And this was so evil. Why don't we get right into that? I mean, this was so evil that it really got me and Ginger and I'm sure yourself and many other people saying, there's some sort of massive attack going on here. What is this? Then we began, you know, we started researching our book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, And we found out that this had been planned since at least 2010 and earlier as well, going back to the decade of uh, the vaccine proposed by and enforced by Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and Lancet and the major journals. And it was all under this trillion dollar boondoggle to push the vaccines, which I, uh, Jim, you know so much more about this than I do, but as far as I know, vaccines were never considered your first line of treatment during a pandemic because you couldn't get one together fast enough. And once you started giving it, you started getting all kinds of uh, transformations in the bug that made it all more and more complicated. And you treated it as we do in medicine, you treated the disorder. And you know, Uh, We talk so much about, uh, you know, what happened, how they outlawed, basically outlawed and punished doctors for using hydroxychloroquine and then ivermectin. But to this day, you can find stuff on the FDA saying, don't use prednisone. Don't even try to stop the inflammatory reactions as we do in the treatment of all the respiratory, severe respiratory infections when the inflammation's out of control.
2: And wasn't there even... uh... Uh, a prohibition coming from the CDC or NIH one of these sort of declaratory agencies against using antibiotics in yes. the beginning which was bizarre yes. because covid or covid was uh, was evolving into a kind of a pneumonia for many patients
1: oh yeah when they became
2: yeah. seriously ill yeah.
1: so let me let me just let me just finish with what we we as many of us have come to the conclusion and and hear how you're thinking about this now, Jim, which is that actually we've known for a long time the elite of the world really are corrupt. The people who organize themselves and we describe in detail in our book, these people um, actually want fewer of us. They want us under their control And they want to exploit the hell out of us to become more wealthy and powerful. And in that process, they have to destroy the Judeo-Christian religions and traditions. And they have to take out the constitutional democracies because when you have a constitutional democracy that's strong, and and Klaus Schwab has said this himself, He's, uh, he's come out and he said it, he said, America, especially under Trump, haha, is the thorn in the side of globalism. We can't have globalism with, with these kinds of leaders and constitutional democracies. And of course, they hate God, the idea of God, and so on, because as long as people believe in themselves, their own sovereignty, and believe in God, they're not going to just bow down to a global uh, empire. And uh, I think that's what we're facing right now. How have you been thinking about this?
3: I I think you're spot on. And, you know, I I think that COVID-19 and the global predators, we are the prey. I, I think that's the masthead of this whole pandemic. And upon that book, I think it stimulated many other experts to really open up their eyes and and um i was blessed to be included in that because you know when i go through the global predators when maggie and i went through it it's like what 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 did i read i i I read stuff that just it's so highly referenced and it's like wait a minute patents way back wait a minute publications peer-reviewed way back Wait a minute! I'll be Seppi and Barda and all the University of North Carolina and Ralph Barrick, and it's like uh, I'm. Everybody else is gaslighting me, yet I read the experts and the mass head book that opens up, and it's 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 like the book of Revelation, which means <laughs> unveiling. It it unveiled. It It unveiled. It was a revelation, Mm -hmm. a revelatory book that unveiled the lies. And it's like, Jim Thorpe, you know, don't feel so dumb and gaslit. You're onto something. Read the book. It's right there. This is what? What do you got? Seven hundred references in that book? Citations?
1: And, and over a thousand. Well, over a, <laughs> a thousand. thousand. And they often have one, two, or three x per, yeah. It's kind of mind-boggling as I look at it.
2: Unbelievable. You know, Jim, I re-
1: I really felt, as I do a lot of the writing, Ginger does a lot of the research, and we do a lot of thinking together, but I'm the one who sits down and writes. And it was like I was facing some beast, something so evil, so large, and so undealt with now interestingly enough once i got over being afraid of conspiracy theories and just sought the truth we found many lines of research leading up to this movement toward a toward a like a technocracy a, you know a worldwide bureaucracy to control the people uh, by the elite and um and a lot of people turned out were looking at it from one or another direction, with, including banking, uh, with tremendous uh, insight into what was going on. So, but uh, we had no insight into any of that stuff until we started looking at maybe Ginger a little more than me, but she's always thought more outside of the box. Um, but um, uh, it was just—it just was astonishing. It was a revelation to us it was like like uh, it was being it was being revealed to us as we researched and it, at the same time the threats and attacks on us of course for doing that uh, that we were over the target you know the flack was on us and uh, we must be we over the target
2: yep
3: <laughs> absolutely and as maggie and i kind of you know followed in Attempted to follow in both of your footsteps, you know, um, Dr. Bregan, for me, and and obviously uh, Maggie for Ginger, and and um, combining the expertise, and and we've we've really tried to emulate your team because it's just it's so powerful, and um, <clears throat> you know, yeah. the next concern that we had was wait a minute, how can 61,000 OBGYN doctors all of a sudden simultaneously when they know better break the golden rule of pregnancy? And so, um, and then of course I was attacked early on by the American board um, because I I, um, I challenged them and then they threatened me and then I threatened them back.
1: We'll continue to work on the politics of these issues.
0: And use code Out Loud for 25% off your first order. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Kofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now Don't forget, Out Loud 25 at checkout. We are back with America Out
1: Loud, uh, a special feature that uh, occurs uh, five days a week at 5 p.m. Pu- well, America pulse. Out Loud Pulse. Right? Yes, definitely America Out Loud Pulse. And uh, it's on AmericaOutloud.news our dear friend Malcolm, who runs this wonderful platform with doctors um, uh, coming on um, five days a week. Um, We hope you'll follow America Out Loud Pulse. Now, we're talking with Jim Thorpe, and he is a board-certified OBGYN, and he's a specialist in maternal and fetal medicine. But more than anything, he's an honorable, moral, rational, scientific doctor in an age where that kind of person, by his nature, becomes a threat to the great movement in the world today, which is to use technologies not for the benefit of people, but for the benefit of those who are trying to govern us and trying literally to create an empire out of this world, and um, this is a new kind of thinking for us. I'll only spend a minute on saying that. You know, I'm a, I'm a physician who's testified in court over a hundred times over the years, always in defense of vulnerable people. I've written over seventy scientific articles and. Some of them with Ginger, and um, also uh, we got over about twenty books, and Ginger is co-edited or helped write four or five of them, some number of them. So we know about being reasonable and rational. You don't go, you don't go into court with a history of ever not telling the truth or ever um, going in. in a direction of conspiracies they destroy you in cross-examination the judge uh, the judge gets critical and so on and juries don't believe it so we're down to Earth folks I know the things we're telling you today sound almost otherworldly to many of you and I hope there are many of you like that because join this wonderful audience um of people who actually many of whom really understand what's going on in the world now so um, I want to turn now back to to uh, to Jim Thorpe, James Thorpe, MD. And we were, he was starting to look at the politi- the politics of how do you get all these doctors to do the same damn evil thing? Um
2: I have one addition to that yes. before we get into that aspect and that is Jim I was I was uh I think 10, 12 years old when the thalidomide crisis hit. And the thalidomide crisis, as I recall, was uh, a prescription drug that ended up being given to women in pregnancy. And as a result of that, children with enormous physical deformities, uh, uh, vestiges of arms or legs, uh, and that kind of, uh, that kind of, disfigurement were born and have grown up amongst us. And this was such a profound, profound lesson uh, once again, at that point in the sixties for all physicians and especially for those physicians responsible for mothers to be and their unborn babies. Um, And, how an entire speciality of physicians with many of them with lifetime awareness of that event uh, could end up being um, subverted against all of their cautions in order to uh, give their to give these vaccines to these pregnant mothers and then the nursing mothers was just, I know you must have been just completely floored. It's beyond any kind of reason. So there must have been such intensive pressure. And I actually, well, I know there was pressure. I've seen Peter under pressure in his own field. And I know you've gone through similar pressure, to try and force you into a compliance, which you have very bravely refused to be compliant with these. um, There should be a word for the opposite of medicine. These, these behaviors now that, have been inflicted upon civilian populations. It's really
1: a criminal conspiracy of global proportions.
2: It really is. Yeah. I mean, just what was done to the mothers and their unborn yeah. and newborns. Yeah. Let um, yeah. alone the entire population of human beings. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a criminal conspiracy. So, yeah. um, I, I'd love for you to address that as much as any of us are able to. Well,
3: I, I am so grateful. Uh, so. So grateful, Ginger, that you brought that up because I, um, you know, am, am writing a book now with, with my co-author Celia Farber, and Celia Farber and I have really delved into exactly that issue and the thalidomide. And uh, I I totally didn't have that on my radar for this uh, this interview, but I'm so glad you brought it up. Let's go back and revisit that. It was one woman that saved the United States of America from thalidomide. Now we didn't get completely spared, but the FDA didn't approve it, and there would have been millions more affected if it weren't for Miss Frances Oldham Kelsey, who is literally not a high-level operative at the FDA, but she saved the United States of America because she looked at all the research and, as a woman's voice, up uh, and and you you know the women didn't have the power in in the '60s as they do now, and and but she was a bold, courageous researcher, scientist, and said no, no, the FDA will not approve thalidomide. Because there's concerning issues here, and I I know that you recall this um, because we're we're in the same generation, and and you remember. I'll never forget uh, President Kennedy awarding her was it the Presidential Freedom Award Medal. You know my hero J.F.K. awarding you know Miss uh, Frances Kelsey Oldham, and and where. Are the Miss um, Kelsey's of this time? They've all rolled over and died. They're all captured. They're all uh, conspiratorial soldiers. Um, you know, we look at Walensky and what she did, and um, Rochelle Walensky, and we look at um, so Scott Gottlieb and, and, and Shima Bakoro and uh, Eric Rubin, and so many of these people have have threatened us all, um, you know, listen. I,
2: I have to let you know, though, those people do exist. They're you, and they're Dr. Bregan, and they're Dr. McCullough, and they the other brave physicians and scientists and other uh, citizens, and a few government officials like Senator Johnson who have actually spoken out and in the face of such global uh pressure against them so i mean we are in the middle of opposing this new wave of uh medical tyranny as well as uh political tyranny but i think that your description of this FDA official who as an individual and as a woman in the 60s who stood up and said, no, that gives me the chills to think about that because that is what each of us has to continue to do. And each of us, those of us who haven't yet need to step up and do that in order to start opposing this. If we oppose enough of this steamroller it will stop.
3: You're so right, and and um, you're so right. And and if we could get some, um, you know, I I realize people outside of the FDA like like you and Dr. Bragan and others, um, but there's nobody inside the FDA that is willing to blow the whistle like she did. So powerful, one woman, and um, you know, and you guys are are. So far beyond, you know, where I was. I mean, you know, early, early on in your careers, you you knew what was going on. I did not. Okay, I was deeply um, entrenched into the medical journals, into academia, into the publication machine. I believed everything uh, uh, that I was taught. I didn't start to question early on in my career, And, and this is why. You know, Doctor Bragan is like my Doctor Semelweis. You know, he's my living Doctor Semelweis, and and you are too, Ginger. And and um, and and I'm so grateful for the 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 picture of both of you that you allowed me to use in in my new book because y- you are my Semelweissian heroes. And, and I know all your audience doesn't know who Semelweis is, and and just a brief introduction. Mid 1800s, there's a Horrible um pregnancy disaster where fifty percent of women, uh healthy young women went into Vienna Lying Hospital and they went out in the morgue. 50% of them dead. And it was caused by physicians transfecting them from the autopsy room to the delivery room. And Dr. Samawis blew the whistle exactly like Dr. Bregan did way, way early in his career. Um and and um and, and this is why you know, I I have always had a deep connection with Dr. Semelius. Obviously, I've never met him, but you know, my living moniker of, of Dr. Semelius is that handsome dude sitting next to you, Ginger. It's uh, it's it's my Semeliusian hero, Dr. Peter Bregan. and and there's others, but um, you know, this is. I was duped, mea copa, mea copa, Maya maxima copa. Yeah, thalidomide didn't get by me, but I was duped. And, you know, we didn't learn anything about the vaccines in medical school except when to give them. What we did learn, that you don't ever give a vaccine to a sick person. And we did learn you didn't give a lot of them together. And that's been thrown out the window. I mean, totally thrown out the window. It's like you get this vaccine and you don't care how sick people are and it's a travesty but so so i'm i'm just really grateful back to the the american board of obgyn you know uh, we wrote them um I, and i say we because maggie helped me um i crafted the letter but maggie helped me turn it into a letter that was irrefutable it was like literally a, a letter and it's all over it's an open letter from James A. Thorpe, MD, to the American Board of OBGYN. It's all over the internet, posted on multiple websites. All you have to do is Google open letter to ABOG. We, way back in late 2021 and early 2022, we crafted a letter to the American Board of OBGYN. And um, that is, let me just say for your audience there's three organizations. Even backing up further, the whole from my perspective, and, and you all may disagree with me, but this was brought in by targeting women for two reasons. Number one, women make all the healthcare decisions. Number two, it's only women that get pregnant, not men. And if they could prove to women that it was safe, effective and necessary in pregnant women, every other human being on Earth should be vaccinated period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. That was their strategy. And that came down from the very top. And that's why they captured um, the three agencies that push it in women. And that's the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, ACOG, the American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology, the only one of the three agencies that have teeth to bite you and punish you um, by taking away your credentials, and maybe your license. And the third was my uh, subspecialty society for maternal fetal medicine. Now, all three of those organizations have honored me w- with really nice awards and honors my entire career. I was an examiner for the American board. So this letter that I wrote was based on my personal relationship with the, uh, the director. Uh, and also, uh, and, and, you know, his name was Dr. George Wimmel. He's still the director, great guy. Um, and then Dr. Susan Raymond, great lady. They're, they're my age. They're brilliant contemporaries. We published together. I was one of their examiners in the 90s. But so I, I wrote a letter. It, it, it's a large letter. And I included at that time, I believe, 1,019 peer-reviewed publication medical journals documenting in just one year 1,019 adverse events, severe death and injury from the vaccine in just one year. I bibliograph- I included every single one of those references and um, my own analytics, and I sent it to the American board of OBGYN. It's a massive letter. It is irrefutable. They didn't touch it. They couldn't respond. They knew they're dead wrong. They didn't want to come up against me because they've honored me. Uh, And I think that's protected me. Since then, they've been dead silent. They've recertified me twice, two years in a row. Um, And the same thing with the American College of OBGYN. You know, Maggie found that they signed that, what I call, covenant with death, which is a cooperation agreement, which is highly illegal. They signed it. Uh, Maggie discovered that by a Freedom of Information Act, so that those Co- three agencies cooperation
1: with whom you in covenant
2: each, with
3: death HHS, the HHS and CDC signed a multi million dollar contract under uh, Deputy Secretary Mark Weber at HHS. So Maggie got fourteen hundred pages between HHS, CDC, and the American College of OBGYN, clearly documenting that they signed an illegal, uh, secret, under the table, unethical, unconstitutional agreement that locked in all their 61,000 OBGYNs. And then that's how they were threatened with the misinformation. Thorpe, you step out, you say anything, We're going to not only destroy your credentials and your subspecialty but we're going to destroy and get your license away from you through the federation of state mords so this was all an email so so this is why maggie and i knew that they were captured because their behavior was pathognomonic of that so um indeed she struck gold and she nailed it and and None of those agencies have been able to come after me. You know, the, I, I often look at you know, Doctor McCulloch. It's a maybe you're
1: protected, Jim. We'll go. <laughs> we we'll, um, you're a man of God. Uh, may we, may may we hope and pray for that to continue. We'll go to the next segment in a minute or two.
3: for the soul of humanity.
0: We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, It's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything.
2: And we're back.
1: This is Dr. Peter Bragan and Ginger Bregan and we're interviewing Dr. James Thorpe um, Jim, before I forget, <clears throat> would you give uh, people uh, the best access to you and uh, to the name of your book, if it, if it's that far along?
3: It's it's uh, pretty far along. Um, uh, don't exactly have. We haven't agreed upon a name yet. <laughs> I've got I've got my preferred name and my preferred cover. Okay. but Of course, I'm not the boss but hopefully we'll have that in the next couple of weeks. But yes. Um, and um, Dr. Bragan, uh, Ginger, where, where do you want to pick up from here? No, uh, I, there's I, so
1: many. I want you to give your sub stack. Where can people okay. reach you? Where people can reach you, you and you. read more about you. Um, I,
3: I, unfortunately, I don't have a website. I know I need one. I probably get one. Um, and uh, you can reach me on the um or Twitter at J A T H O R P M F M, maternal fetal medicine, uh, J A Thorpe M F uh, M. And then Maggie has um, <clears throat> got a good account, an active account, and she's at Maggie underscore Thorpe. And so, and then I have a, a, um, a Freedom and Truth substat, which I'm writing. And I've fallen a little bit. I, I've had a little bit of gap here because I've been so busy with the book. But thank you for allowing me to put those uh, plugs in there.
1: And you, Um. This I know this is kind of hard to do these things offhand, but can you give us a scope of the injuries that you see in your arena, mm-hmm. some numbers uh, or percentages that might uh, give people a sense of the catastrophe?
3: Absolutely, I can. Uh, let's just start out from the from the satellite view at a, a couple miles above the Earth. Um, let's look at Denis Rancor's data. Denis Rancor, a brilliant mathematician modeler, with a whole team from Canada, and and he's made a big splash globally. I think he's right on. His numbers would suggest that to date, just the vaccine has killed. 17 million people globally. That would, um, you know, USA is about just a little bit over 4% of the global population. So, you're looking about 680,000 killed from the vaccine. Now, I, I want to back up a little bit. What is the number of injured? And and this is really important because if you go back to Pfizer, 5.3.6. This is Pfizer's own data, not Jim Thorpe's, not Peter Bragan's, you know, not Peter McCullough's. This is Pfizer's own data Um, that was available February 28th, 2021. Um, There were 1,223 killed, uh, I should say, died after the vaccine. Um, By the way, uh, almost 50% of those within 48 hours and 80% within seven days. So... What was striking about that in just 10 weeks is the injury-to-kill ratio. Injury-to-kill ratio is extremely important, not only in the military, in various wars and conflicts and military history, but it's even more important in medicine because this has an injury-to-kill ratio of nothing that I've seen before. If you look at Pfizer's own data, they're talking about over 40,000 injured uh, and many of those severely injured, and of course, 1,223 dead, and that's just in 10 weeks. So if you believe that, the injury-to-kill ratio is, un- to, to my knowledge, and I may be wrong as I review, it's 34.4. So in other words, Benny Rancor says that 17 million have been killed, multiply that times 34.4, and, and guess what? you've got a total of 601.5 million global citizens that have been killed or injured. Now extrapolate that to the United States of America, and you've got, as I mentioned before, 680,000 killed from the vaccine, and 34.4 times that would be, um, in essence, 24.08 million americans killed or injured from the vaccine and i will point out to you that you know death is a horrible thing okay but i want to tell you after just coming off this movie shot dead and being and and knowing and meeting and crying and praying with these victims all over the world for the last two years i'm almost convinced that that you know, dying was maybe a blessing because these unfortunate victims are horribly, horribly affected. And, um, and by the way, uh, the vast majority of the, some of them are so severe that they're non-functional and require full-time care providers. So that is the satellite view. Let's go down to my business, which is, yes, there's a substantial increase in, in, menstrual abnormalities and we can definitely use that as a surrogate for infertility um, and and I, I think that ginger will uh, and any woman will attest to that any fertile any couple trying to achieve pregnancy will attest to that but it's not just the women's menstrual periods it's the um, female fertility from the level of the egg it's the male infertility at the level of the Testis, uh, and then when they and what are the 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 infertility rates have skyrocketed, just skyrocketed, and then when we look at pregnancy, the miscarriage rate has just um, and of course it depends upon when you get this poison, in the pregnancy will determine your miscarriage rate. Um, but we're looking at according to Pfizer's own data, um, there was an 81 percent miscarriage rate, 81%. According to the Shima Bakuro article that was published about six months, five months later in June of 2021, um, they, they alleged that there was a 13% miscarriage rate, which was about three times too high, but they fraudulently covered that up and they shifted 700 women from the denominator of the third trimester vaccines to the first trimester. That's a flagrant, fraudulent attempt to reduce the miscarriage rate from 82% to 12.5%. And that's what they did. And I published that, subsequently exposed it in a peer reviewed medical journal. And so that's what they did. They they captured by false data and by surprise that Pfizer data for 75 years, they then, of course, own all the medical journals. So they now have tried a flurry of subsequent articles uh, in various medical journals that are completely fabricated and and manipulated and and false. Um, So we're looking at massive increase in miscarriage, chromosomal abnormalities, severe increase in fetal death, severe increase in... Every imaginable pregnancy complication. Of course, the most common are, are just like we published in that review of the literature uh, myocarditis, carditis in pregnant women and in the fetuses. Blood clot was a, another big one in the mother and the placenta and the fetus, causing death and injury. Uh, we're looking at severe uh, placental complications and abnormal development and growth, nutritive development of the fetus with severe growth slowing. We're looking at severe early onset preeclampsia, severe bleeding, severe postpartum hemorrhage. And we're looking at um, newborn death from all of these complications and from a tremendous surge in the newborns that require hospitalization, not in the well baby nursery, but the neonatal intensive care nursery. This is is what we've seen. And the big lie, you know, the three, there's many big lies, but the big lie is that, oh, this is all caused by COVID. No, it was not caused by COVID. And I've proved that with national statistics. In 2020, which is a height of COVID, more people killed in the United States and and the world from COVID in 2020 than any other year. Um, I can show you irrefutably that the national vital statistics of the United States of America through Statista, if I aggregate the three years before 2020 and uh, and we're looking at rates of stillbirth, there were 5.83 per thousand births. So it's a rate. It's not an absolute number. It's not contingent upon the number of deliveries. So we take that three years before 2020 and the rate of uh, fetal death, stillbirth, stillborn was 5.83 per thousand births. But in 2020, did it increase? Did it stay the same or did it decrease? It decreased, it decreased from 5.83 per thousand to 5.74 per thousand. Those are national statistics that are published in Statista. So nobody can make a valid argument that COVID was causing the stillbirths. And we didn't see in my practice and in others all over the world, we didn't see the profound rise in stillbirth until after the vaccine rollout. And it's I, very important that I underscore Michelle Gershman, my postpartum nurse whistleblower from Fresno, California, talk about a brave, young, um, you know, Dr. Peter Bragan, this nurse, oh my gosh, uh, she's young. And she went in and she got an email from in Fresno, California, saying we have unprecedented number of stillbirths. This is from an administrator of the Women's Health Services and said, Uh, It was a horrible email, and it's published online. It'll be in the book. And Michelle's been all over the world on platforms with me and many others. She testified that before the vaccine, she was experiencing their institutions one stillbirth per month, one stillbirth per month. It went up to over 22 stillbirths per month, according, not to Michelle Gershman, not to Jim Thorpe, not to Peter McCullough to the hospital the hospital administrator sent a system-wide email out uh, kind of chastising if you will the uh, the employees and the nurses for taking too much time you're wasting my time taking too much time taking care of these dead babies throw them in a bucket and come on we, we come on we never once did they ask why but think about that according to Michelle Gershman there's a 22-fold increase in fetal death two fold increase. Now, if if I go back and analyze it, that's using her data. uh, uh, But if I use historical data, and I'll say, okay, 5.83 per thousand, if that's the data from the whole United States, then what would I expect to see in miscarriages per month? Well, I would expect to see Maybe three or four miscarriages per month based upon that national data. Um, and, and still, if you, that would go from five, say, um, 5.8 fetal deaths per month, which would be about three or four fetal deaths in that institution, uh, would be up to 29.5. That's still a five fold increase in fetal deaths. But I tend to believe that the historical data. Um, from Statista is not as valid as, as um, Nurse Gershman. Why? Well, because, you know, if you look at that community, it's a very healthy community, and it, it's devoid of a lot of the high-risk groups. So I would believe that that average pop, uh, fetal death rate in that healthy patient's, would probably not be uh 5.8 per thousand probably be more like one or two per thousand is my guess and that's why um michelle gershman was seeing only one or so fetal deaths per month that in of itself is is irrefutable data And, and there's many other whistleblower sites that i have there's three additional similar sites actually even worse up in canada so um The whole narrative is trying to shift away from vaccine injury and blaming this on long COVID when it's clearly not. Wow. Wow.
1: That's an amazing summation. If people would like to get that kind of data, is it one of your articles in particular or one of your columns on um, your substack? Or anywhere else that you could refer to?
3: Yes, I think the best would be the American uh, Association of Physicians and Surgeons from our landmark publication. Um, It it was in uh, six or eight months ago, I think it was March or April. And and that was a featured article and it was um, extensively peer reviewed and um, it has all of that data in it. Uh, American Association of Physicians and Surgeons, and you can see that um, if if you go, it's listed on my it's listed in my Substack of of course, and it's also listed in in my um, Twitter X account.
1: Okay, for those of you who are just listening to this and haven't seen the introduction to it that we will have written, we'll get that link into the uh, introduction so that you can easily get it. So if you're just listening to this, go back to our substack, uh, Peter and Ginger Bregan's substack, and uh, we will, in our introduction to this amazing show, um, include a citation to uh, Dr. Thorpe's article in um, one of the few journals in the world right now that's honestly reporting (laughs) on issues. Wow, we're down to a minute and a half. Um, first of all, God bless you for the work you do. and thanks for being our friend and thanks for being a great physician. and um, I hope that God can kind of give you a a breather or a lift or a little extra support that those of us on the front lines need. And I'm glad to see on a video, folks, he's looking really healthy and handsome and uh, relaxed.
2: I'd like to add one thing, which I think with all of this going on now for four years, many of us forget. And I remember when I had my only pregnancy and I went to see my OBGYN at that point in time, he was so reassuring to me in that he really reminded me that women have been experiencing pregnancy and giving birth for millennia and that it's a basically natural procedure uh, and that it shouldn't be this hard. It should not be this hard. The fact that that birth has become such a trauma-filled event with so many uh, miscarriages and uh, lost babies and um, all of the complications, this is man caused, human caused, not not part of what should be a much more natural procedure for the vast majority of um, pregnant women. So, and I know you know that as well as anyone, but I wanted to remind any younger listeners who are thinking about having a family that that's really the truth, protect your health, protect your own, protect your health and protect your own uh, bodily integrity and sovereignty. And, and don't buy into these vaccines at this point in time. Uh, become very, very conservative about what you do in regards to introducing anything into your body that isn't just life-supporting and natural.
1: It's a perfect
3: ending. I I have nothing to add to that brilliant summation. Please listen to what Ginger Bregan just said. She said it much more eloquently than I could have ever said it. Thank you so much. Thank you James Thorpe,
1: thank you Dr. Thorpe.